you know, when you come to think about it, USC had a pretty good season, and the players are about to be rewarded. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. You know the routine, whether you like to watch on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to thank everybody for uh, coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you haven't done so already and you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. It means a lot. And to those of you who have, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, this episode of Locked on USC is sponsored by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so just going to get this out of here. I got a really bad cold, so uh, I'm going to play along. See how long I can stay in the game before uh, the head coach pulls me out. See if I can give one of those gutsy performances like Caleb. I kid. It's a joke. All right. Um, Look. Um, USC had a really good season. Let's, Let's just be honest. It didn't end the way, you know, the regular season didn't end everybody the way everybody would have liked with the loss to Utah Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Um, but individually, besides the team having a really good year, individually the player, there's players who had good seasons as, as well, and they're starting to reap some of those rewards with some uh, postseason um, accolades, attention. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here this first segment. And on if you're watch if you're making locked on USC your first watch or listen every day you're you're watching this on Wednesday on Tuesday um, a few players got some uh, some attention from the Pac-12 and they were rewarded for for their on the field productivity I, I think everyone anticipated um, USC quarterback Caleb Williams uh, he was. He was actually named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. And on the other side of the ball, pretty good season for Tuli Tuiapolotu. He was named the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, the Pat Tillman Defensive Player of the Year. So um, high honors for two of USC's better players, to say the least. Um both Caleb and Tuli, they were also selected to the All Pac-12 First Team, as were uh, offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees, wide receiver Jordan Addison, and defensive back Makai Blackman. So, as I mentioned, it was a good day uh, for for quite a few Trojans, and I'm not done with that list, by the way. However, let's focus on uh, Caleb and Tuli uh, off the top. As far as Caleb Williams is concerned, this is why he's going to win the Heisman. Uh, through 13 games so far, he has 47 touchdowns, 
and only four interceptions. Uh, he was 296 for 448 throwing the ball. That's a 66% completion percentage. Uh, for, and that was for over 4,000 yards. He also rushed for 372 yards on 109 carries. With So of those 47 touchdowns, 10 were of the rushing variety. And uh, that gives him 47 total. And that breaks the previous USC school record of 41 set by Matt Barkley in 2011 and Cody Kessler in 2014. So. Um, you want to know why Caleb was going to win the Heisman this weekend? This is why. Check out these numbers. He was number one in the nation in passing touchdowns, 37. He was also number one in the nation in points responsible per game at 21.7. And points responsible, total points responsible, he was had 282. Uh, he was number three in the nation in passing yards, as I mentioned, 4,075. And then he was number six in the country in passing efficiency, 167.9. Passing yards per game, 313.5 yards per. And total offense, 342 yards per game. And then Caleb was number seven in the country in yards per pass attempt, 9.1 yards. That'll get it done. As far as Thule, this is why uh, he won the Defensive Player of the Year in the Pac-12. He led the nation. Excuse me. He was the nation's third leading sack man with 12 and a half on the season, just under one per game. Uh, he also um, he was the Pac-12 leader in that department, and he was sixth nationally with 1.6 tackles for loss per game, 21 total. Uh, Tuli's 12 and a half sacks are the most in a single season at USC since. BKU, Big Kenichi Udezi set that Trojan record with 16 and a half back in 2003. That was a really good USC team. They split the national championship, you might remember. And uh, this year, Thule also has 44 tackles. 29 of them were by himself. He also had three pass breakups, two quarterback hurries. Uh, one of those was turned into an intentional grounding that turned into a safety. And he also collected two forced fumbles. So all I want to say is imagine how much better those numbers could have been had he had more help on the defensive line. Think about that. He was kind of a one-man wrecking crew uh, as far as productivity is concerned. You know, he got help sporadically throughout the season by other individual players, but consistently nothing like what... Uh, what Mr. Tuya Pelotu was able to achieve. Makes you wonder, you know, had he had a, uh, had any type of help from that rush end position on a cons consistent basis, you know, does that 12 and a half sacks turn into 17 and a half, 16 and a half, 20? Who knows? Other players who uh, were recognized Tuesday for their uh, Pac-12 performances. Uh, Travis Dye, offensive lineman uh, Brett Nealon, and defensive back Kalen Bullock, they made second team All-Pac-12. And I should remind everybody as far as Kalen Bullock, remember, he was a freshman All-American, but he was left off of the Pac-12 preseason teams, all of them, 
for some reason. Uh, still can't figure that out. Um, but of all the uh, pack uh, guys who were selected in the secondary for all Pac-12, Kalen was the only true safety. All the others were uh, cornerbacks. So uh, maybe he earned a little bit more respect uh, at the end of the season than he obviously was given at the beginning of the season. And then uh, USC also had some honorable mentions. Uh, let's see. Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim from the offensive line. Shane Lee, linebacker, wide receiver, Taj Washington, and defensive back, Max Williams. So I want to make sure I didn't leave anybody out. I did mention uh, Voorhees, Jordan Addison, and Makai Blackman were first team to go along with Caleb and Tooley. So, um, you know, just to go over some quick highlights for each for everybody else. Andrew Voorhees, uh, pass blocking extraordinaire. Um, what did he do? His run blocking, let's see, do, 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 do. According to PFF, he was the number four graded guard in the country with over 700 snaps. As everyone knows, he wasn't able to play uh, in the conference championship game. So you know he was hurting uh, for Andrew to sit that game out. Uh, as far as Jordan Addison, he was uh, Caleb's favorite target this year. He led the team with 59 catches, 875 yards, and eight touchdowns. That led the Pac-12, by the way, with receiving touchdowns. And he missed some games. So whether he would have uh, repeated as the Bolitnikoff Award winner, who knows? But missing, uh, what, two, three games? It sure didn't help his cause, and it sure as hell didn't help his numbers. So, um, Makai Blackman, he led the Trojans uh, in pass breakups. He had 11. He had 58 total tackles, two for a loss, and he also had three interceptions on the season and a fumble recovery. So, uh, definitely, Makai earned uh, his accolades. And his... Uh, Christian Gonzalez, who he played with at Colorado, was also a, uh, I believe he made first te- or second team All-Pac-12, and he transferred to Oregon. So both those guys should have been in Colorado this year. <clears throat> and they were helping their new teams. <clears throat> as far as Travis Dye, I, look, it's a shame he missed the last few games of the season because before that he was really having a, I'll call it an all-American type of season. He had 884 yards on 145 carries. That's six yards per nine touchdowns. Um, prior to his season-ending injury, he uh, he had eight consecutive games with a rushing touchdown. He, the last Trojan to do that was Marcus Allen back in 1981. And Marcus had nine games where he rushed for a touchdown consecutively. So uh, not a bad, not a bad year for for Mr. Travis Dye. That doesn't suck. Uh, Brett Nealon, starting center, past four years, uh, he definitely earned his accolades. It's a shame you see him go down in that final game uh, against Utah. But uh, Brett has played nine hundred and one snaps this season through thirteen games, and according to PFF. He was the number one graded center in the country with over 800 snaps. And that's one of the reasons why he's a Remington finalist and a second team All-American 
uh, with PFF and second team all Pac-12. And I mentioned Kalen Bullock. He had five interceptions this year, and that's the uh, most for a Trojan since Adoree Jackson had that same number back in 2016. Kalen also added 47 tackles and five pass breakups. So, uh, again, Justin Dietrich, Jonah Monheim, get uh, some honorable mention. And then Shane Lee, he led the team in tackles, set with 75. He also had two and a half sacks and a couple of interceptions. One was a pick six, not bad. Taj Washington, 676 receiving yards, and uh, not bad. Well, we'll make yeah, that was on 40 on 45 receptions. He had six touchdowns and he also uh, played special teams. Remember, you know, people asked him why he stuck around. That's why he wanted to compete against and with the best. And then Max Williams, safety, nickel back, 74 tackles, two for a loss this season, two interceptions, five pass breakups, two forced fumbles, and a quarterback hurry. So, um, congratulations to those Trojans who are being rewarded individually um, by the Pac-12. And then, as far as the coach of the year, Pac-12, that was a split decision between Oregon State's Jonathan Smith and Washington's Kalen DeBoer. Apparently, uh, Lincoln Riley taking a four-win team, turning them, turning them into an 11-win team doesn't warrant any type of consideration when you uh, when you have an all-star team and you have Caleb Williams. So that type of award tends to go to the underdog, and there you go. So I think uh, you'll be hearing a little, you'll be hearing another you'll be hearing uh, Caleb Williams' name again uh, this weekend when the Heisman is awarded. So we'll see if uh, any more accolades come down the line for any any other Trojans. Um. But what you can do is check out uh, LinkedIn because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So when you're over there, you want to add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. So, again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen today. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. Question. What are your thoughts on recruiting today, 2022, going forward into 2023? 
Oh, by the way, let's just get this out of the way because I know people are wondering what the uh, class of 2024 quarterback prospect DJ Lagway is going to be doing. Rumor has it, there's a strong feeling he's going to be picking Florida on uh, Wednesday, December 7th. USC was one of the finalists, but not really. Um, the big NIL commitment for the University of Florida Gators. And they're getting a, a, a prospect with a lot of upside. So uh, congratulations. Good luck, DJ. We hope you have a wonderful career down in Gainesville. So did USC's recruit uh, recruiting class, 2023 recruiting class, did it take a hit after that loss to Utah in the uh, Pac-12 Conference Championship game? In my opinion, I don't think so. I think the recruits, uh, they look at a much bigger picture than a you know one-game snapshot. Um, it's uh, for... For the for recruits, they're looking at a, like I said, they're looking at a bigger picture. USC is trending up. Uh, it's a much different situation compared to the last year, few years before Lincoln Lincoln Riley arrived. So, um, I don't think it negatively impacted USC uh, the loss to Utah uh, on Friday. However, had they won, you know, they could be talking up recruiting because they're they get to talk at the playoffs. In one year, it turned around from four and eight to a playoff team. So in that respect, yeah, it hurt, I guess. But, you know, um, let me put it to you this way. In the long run, um, I think the early signing period, look, it's almost here. And no one's even talking about it. Everyone's talking about the transfer portal. So... I, I really don't think the the loss to Utah is going to hurt USC recruiting in the big picture in the long run because early signing period, you know, signing day is what week away, whatever that whatever that date is, two weeks, and no one's talking about it. all anybody's talking about is the transfer portal. Um, that's the future of college football roster building. You saw what Lincoln Riley did this year. I mean, heck, you've got recruits that jump in the portal before they even get to college. Or after they do get there, they, they're jumping in soon thereafter because they it's a little bit of buyer's remorse. Uh, maybe that NIL deal wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Point being, it's the, uh, the high school recruits know that they have, uh, they have the upper hand. They have the leverage. So that transfer portal has just, it's changed the game, the dynamic. And uh, I, that's why I, I don't think any player that was high on USC and saw what happened against Utah that's still in high school, I don't think it's going to play a big role in their decision um, if they're planning to pick USC, uh, either with the early signing period or in February uh, if we're talking about a player like Deuce Robinson, tight end. So um, I know that uh, immediately after the game, um, Josh Henson and uh, other coaches were on the recruiting trail. And I know a couple of them made it over to Deuce's house. So 
work never ends with recruiting. Now, <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I on as far as the transfer portal, I don't think USC is going to be as busy as they were in 2022, where they brought in what was it, 20 players. Um, I think it's going to be, but I do think it'll be at least half that number, maybe plus minus two or three. And I think the big emphasis is, in, as it should be, is going to be on defense, uh, particularly defensive line and linebacker. But they're also going to have to, you know, give a good look at the offensive line, particularly, I think, in, on the inside. You know, you got to replace Andrew Voorhees. And again, this is how you, you're going to build your rosters going forward, especially if you're a, a, you know, a team like USC and you've got a head coach like a Lincoln Riley, and now you've shown that you, what you can do in one year, you can now go cherry pick and fill those holes, those immediate needs. And you don't have to rely on high school players. You can now go get a player who's been in college for a year or two, who has a little bit of experience and has their have their feet under them now, who've made that transition to college. They are more beneficial than a freshman. Let's just be honest. There, there's very few impact players that are going to come in right out of high school and make an impact in college. You can make an impact from the transfer portal. So I, I guess the uh, we know that Lincoln Riley is going to have a strong hand when it comes to uh, getting players to come to USC on the offensive side of the ball. Does Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator, have that same strong hand on the defensive side? And I guess what I'm asking is, will USC have to step up their NIL game to attract the impact players on defense? I don't think you need to have a strong NIL game offensively because they're going to want to come play with Caleb and be coached up by Lincoln. Um, But as far as the defense is concerned, that might be another story. Something to kind of keep an eye on. You can, uh, I would say, bet on USC making a huge push uh, in the portal on the defense side of the ball. Defensive line, linebacker, and then filling in some spot holes everywhere else. And while you're there, while you're while you're betting on that, head on over to betonline.net because they are your number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, I'm uh, I'm almost out of breath here. Get out of here. Cold is catching up. The Cotton Bowl. Should Caleb Williams play? We learned uh, from Lincoln Riley that his hamstring was, the injury was pretty significant. So knowing that and knowing how tricky hamstring recoveries um, are, my answer is a 100% definitive no. Caleb Williams should not play in the Cotton Bowl. It's four weeks and a couple days away. I don't care. He's got nothing left to prove. 
we know what Caleb Williams can do. And yeah, that might hurt ticket sales. I, I don't care. My concern is get healthy, be ready for 2023, and let Miller Moss show his head coach that he's more than just a capable backup. And in case of an emergency, like what we saw last week, um, if that ever pops up again, you know, Lincoln will have more confidence to, to put Miller out there to give his offense a better chance of moving the ball, scoring. So, and, you know, if I want to be real, real about this, and I'm not saying he, he's going to, but this is a this is a showcase game for Miller, who, let's be honest, Caleb's the starting quarterback in 2023. And unless he gets hurt and takes himself out of the game, because we know his head coach won't do it, a kid, um, you know, Miller might be considering the transfer portal after spring, because there's two transfer portal windows. The one that's open now for the next 45 days through January, and then another one that opens for 15 days in May. So we'll see. I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just kind of keeping it real. You know, this is what you're dealing with today. And if you don't believe me, JT Daniels is back in the transfer portal. Keaton Slovis is back in the transfer portal. Whether they're doing it for money or just for a better opportunity to showcase their skills, I think it's the latter for the for those two. But, and Miller doesn't need money. Um, Miller, again, let him play the game. He needs it more than Caleb does. And that's what bowl games are for. It's for the younger players to showcase their skills, to show what they're capable of for the upcoming season. Um, I don't know what I want to talk about with Tulane yet. I will learn more about them so we can talk more about them as we get closer to the game. It's four weeks away. There'll be plenty of time to talk about the Tulane Green Wave. Um, here's what I do know. Um, I know they won two games last year. They won 11 this year. And I know their head coach's name is Willie Fritz, and I love the name of that name. It sounds like a football name. Coach Willie Fritz. Say it with me. Um, and I know he's a he's a grinder. He's earned his way and worked his way up. Uh, he started off at, I believe, Central Missouri, wherever that is, somewhere in Central Missouri, obviously. Uh, Sam Houston State. He also played his college ball there. And he also uh, coached at Georgia Southern. If that name sounds familiar. That's home of Clay Helton, who's got his team going to a bowl game at 6-6 six and six in his first year. So there you go. Um, like I said, I'll learn more about the Green Wave. Um, what I do know right now is that uh, based on who's available to play for USC, that team is going to be very capable of beating the Trojans. Um, because, again, between USC players opting out, injuries, and uh, transfer portal movement, um, yeah, you know, I think Tulane probably is looking forward to this game more than USC. Um, and, and USC has nothing. They gain absolutely nothing 
beating a group of five team. So, I mean, to go from being in the playoffs to the Cotton Bowl, from a fan perspective, from my fan perspective, it's just kind of a meh, meh feeling. Kind of the way I'm feeling. Just meh. So, um, and I, I kind of have a feeling uh, a lot of the fans are going to feel the same way uh, when it comes to traveling for this game. So hopefully I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Uh, I just think, you know, proximity-wise, Tulane, New Orleans is closer to Texas than Los Angeles. So they're probably going to have a bigger crowd, a bigger color of green compared to color of Cardinal filling up Jerry World. But we'll see. I'm wrong frequently. Maybe I'll be wrong again. I just don't think I will be this time. All right, everybody. Locked on USC will be back for another episode because we come at you five times a week. Aren't you lucky? So until that next episode, everyone, you know what to do.